When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, football fans. Welcome to this first edition of the Pickin' Pigskin Winner Podcast on Aaron Torres Media. Hey, head over to AaronTorresOnline.com. Make it a daily routine because there are tons of articles over there for you to look at. Austin Montgomery is doing a gambling article each and every week, at least one each and every week. Aaron is building a, a just an empire over there. J.B. Barry is on there doing DFS plays on Thursday and on Sunday. Of course, I'm over there hosting this podcast, the Pickin' Pigskin Winners Podcast podcast with a good friend of mine, John Frisella. I am Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit. You can find John Frisella on Twitter as well at Legend Sports 7. He is a published sports author. He is the senior football analyst over on AaronTorresOnline.com. Johnny, welcome to the program. I am so pumped, my friend. So happy to be back for another season. Uh, looking forward to my Jets. We got a brand new regime. Uh, you know, today we're going to do some NFC. I'm psyched up. We're going to do some win totals. Happy to hear your voice again, my friend. And let's do this thing. Let's turn the season upside down and make some money this year. Yeah, that sounds great. And we will be looking at the NFC win totals this time. On the next episode, we'll be looking at the AFC win totals, kind of some prop bets heading into the season. And here on Pick and Pigskin Winners, John, you and I always like to look at the lines. We like to mix in a little fantasy football as well. We kind of keep an eye on the lines all throughout the week. So we're going to try to give the listeners a lot of information for their Sunday plays and, and maybe their Thursday plays, depending on how the week goes and when we can record. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing we want to do is we don't want it to get stale for you guys and gals that are going to be listening this season. So we absolutely want to mix it up. We're going to do some of the gambling picks, of course, pick and pick skin winners, but we'll also mix in maybe some DraftKings salaries. We'll talk about some season long plays and, and you know what? All these things kind of impact each other. They all have one to do with the other. So these things will overlap and we'll cover all the bases and we got all the coverage for you right here. And, and John, I mentioned the Aaron Torres online. It, the other thing that's going to be over there on there uh, on the, on that website is Aaron Torres himself giving out college picks each and every week. And that's something that he loves to do. You know, he's big time into college football and everything. I know you know who Aaron is, but, but you know, his name, his claim to fame is really college football. Yes, absolutely. No doubt. Aaron, you guys know, uh, a lot of listeners might know on Twitter, Aaron underscore Torres got about 30,000 followers, verified account. Uh, he is with Fox sports on the radio and has been oh, yeah. for a long time. He's been on Colin Coward. He's been on Chris Broussard. So He's been around the block. And like you said, college football and college basketball, don't forget about that. Those are Aaron's mm -hmm. top four tastes. That's what he's known for. And, and it's a pleasure for us to work with him. Not only uh, is he sort of a mini legend in the business already, he's also a great guy. Uh, always likes to give back to the community. So shout to AT 
and uh, let's get this thing rolling, my man. Speaking of many legends, we have a guy that switched teams in this offseason. He is now with the Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick. As we look here in the NFC and look at the win totals that we get from DraftKings uh, Sportsbook right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick making an impact for that Washington football team, John. DraftKings has the Washington football team at eight and a half wins. I go through each and every game. I go through each and every schedule, you know, scheduled game that they have. I have them picked for 10 wins, John. I don't think it's a great bet because I always like to have that three-game cushion, you know. But I have them scheduled for 10. DraftKings has them at eight and a half. Which side are you on? Ooh, that is a tough one. That's a great one to start off with, my friend. Well, first of all, let's start with the background of the story, which is they didn't announce Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting quarterback uh, until yeah. yesterday, right? So <laughs> it, they got him this offseason. Everybody got excited in the fantasy community. They said, you know, Fitz can, he'll toss that thing around. You got Terry McLaurin on the outside. You got Antonio Gibson, a rising star in the backfield. Also a guy that can catch passes. Logan Thomas, I think, is going to be one of the breakout tight ends this year. So everybody was liking that combination. But hey, Taylor Heineke, he was hanging around in the mix for starting quarterback. So now we know Fitz is the guy. And I got to tell you, I don't know what it is. It's a gut feeling. I did post about it at Legend Sports 7 on Twitter this past week. Something is telling me to stay away from the situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. Hmm. I feel like maybe he'll get off to a slow start with the new playbook. And I think that Heineke, he's a guy to be reckoned with. I mean, he showed a lot in his playoff performance last year, coming out of nowhere and putting together a real solid playoff game. So I, I'm a little bit concerned that the, maybe the hype is a little too high on Washington. But then again, eight and a half, not that high of a number, right? Again, reminder fans, we're talking about a 17-game slate this year. So, so you're looking at a team that to win your bet, they have to go nine and eight. I do think in this instance, the line is in the right area. However, I, that's my gut feeling on Fitzpatrick. I think it's a slow start and then possibly a quarterback change at some point during the year. So I, I do like the program and what they're building. Of course, I like Chase Young on the outside defensively. Um, I like their team, but the hype's a little too high and it is minus 120. So I'm going to go eight and nine. It's going to be a close one for me. Not all of them will be. But this one, I'm going to take Washington at eight and nine, which would be an under at plus 100. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I have a little Ron Rivera bias in me because he used to be a Chicago Bear and I'm a big Bears fan. You're a big Jets fan. So I might have a little little bit of uh, Ron Rivera bias there. I, but one thing that I am kind of curious about, there are two things that that I believe Ron Rivera leaves in his wake at at Carolina. One is a great running back in CMC, right? And I want to know from you, will Antonio Gibson fall into that same role for a Ron Rivera team as CMC had, as Christian McCaffrey had? And number two, will he make the tight end Logan Thomas into a fantasy star? Yeah, well, I can tell you on the first one, one thing about Antonio Gibson that we learned last year is if you give this guy the ball inside the five yard line, he is going to get it in the end zone. This guy was a cash in machine. He was a red zone monster. Every time he's, he's slippery, right? What he does, you know, the best guys, the best running backs, Wes, you know it. The best guys will wait, wait for the block to develop and then burst. You cannot wait, hesitate, and then go. You must wait. And then when it opens, you're going to burst. You're going to stay low to the ground and you're going to reach out for the goal line. Gibson was a monster at that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how much Ron Rivera has to do with it. We'd like to give him some credit for that. Absolutely. But Gibson is a guy that he was way more physical than people thought. Uh, mm -hmm. If you look at his college stats, they actually list him as both a running back and a wide receiver. So mm -hmm. he was that much of a finesse player and got that many receptions that he was also a wide receiver. 
So we were surprised, all of us, to see last year how physical he is. So, yeah, I mean, it's for me, Antonio Gibson is no doubt a top 10 running back. If okay. you have him in your top seven, I, I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. Um, and Logan Thomas is a monster. Logan Thomas is one of those guys who stands out as a physical specimen and yes. also continues to develop, right? He was a quarterback. He's a converted quarterback into a tight end. So he's still developing the technical aspect of his game. Um, but yes, I'm all in on both of these guys for fantasy. My biggest concern with Washington, again, is going to be the turnovers from Fitzpatrick with a new offense and new teammates and also the pressure of a young quarterback on his heels. So add all these things together. I'm worried about the turnovers and I'm worried about the close games because okay. remember Fitzpatrick's been in the league 17 years. He's <laughs> never made the playoffs. So it's, it's crazy. So I'm going to go with the under, I'm going to go eight wins okay. and nine losses. That's fair. And, and I remember you writing an article not too long ago on Aaron Torres, Aaron Torres uh, about running backs. And one of the most controversial takes that you had was uh, for this guy in Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, DraftKings has them listed at nine games, a nine win total from DraftKings Sportsbook. I went through their schedule. I have them at 12 wins, John. I think that they're going to go over that. I'm a little bit worried about the shoulder injury that Dak Prescott has. But this season, I think Ezekiel Elliott can maybe return to form. He looks like a mean, green running machine there in Dallas this year. But you have your hesitancies, I think. Yes, well, you're absolutely right. I can tell you that when uh, the article was posted, and the article was about potential busts in fantasy football, I did have Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley as two of my top possible busts at the running back position. Now, immediately when that was posted, all the people that have been watching Dallas's every snap in the preseason and during the OTAs and the camps and whatever, they all said Zeke is about 20 pounds lighter. Uh, he looks lean and mean, like you said. So uh, that's a good sign, right, for his physicality. But there's nothing to take away from Zeke for me. That's not what it's about. It's not about Zeke Elliott not being an elite player. What it's about is every player at that position has a pitch count, right? And mm -hmm. my example that I've been giving has been a crossover. I've been comparing Ezekiel Elliott to Jacob deGrom with the New mm -hmm. York Mets in baseball, talking about both two of the elite guys in their sports, Jacob DeGrom was going along so strong for so long. Eventually, he threw so many bullets that his arm fell off this year, and that's going to be the rest of the season for him. He's wrapped up. Same thing for Zeke. He led the league in carries twice already. He's been over 300 carries multiple times. Eventually, you cannot take this many hits and be at the elite level in fantasy for that long at yeah. that particular position. So that's what it's based on. I do think he's on a pitch count is the way that I would phrase it. And I also like Tony Pollard. Right. So if you like Tony Pollard as a backup and you're Dallas and you want to keep Zeke fresh, that's why I'm dropping Zeke a little bit on my board is he may get some rest. He may get less carries. Um, okay. As far as the over under goes, you know, it's it's a real difficult situation. I want to talk about Dak for a second. I, I was reminded by somebody who's in the scientific field and in the physics field uh, and in physiology that a leg injury can directly impact your throwing arm, which is not something you think about. You think about my shoulder has to do with my back. And vice versa. These things are, are bothering each other. But a leg injury and the way that you plant can impact your throwing arm. So I don't know if it's going to go away, which is my concern with Dallas. So if you combine the questions with Dak Prescott and also the fact that I have zero faith in Mike McCarthy. You know he's one of my <laughs> least favorite head coaches. I actually am going to go even lower than Washington. So I got Washington at eight wins. I'm going to go Dallas two games underneath at seven wins. And that's a minus 120 Dallas Cowboys under. 
Yeah, when I was sitting there and I went, 12 wins, it was their schedule. It was just kind of walking through. You know, I get in that little trance that I get in whenever I'm doing my NFL picks and everything. And and uh, I, I, I walked away from that one going, I just don't like how that looks on paper. I don't like how that looks on paper. But I went with it. I ran with it. I got them from 12. I think I'm going to be wrong. DraftKings has them at 9. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can leave a comment however you listen to this, and we would love to hear your feedback on that uh, here on Aaron Torres Media. John, I had this team, the New York Giants, last year. Do you remember? Do you remember me? I, I <laughs> yes, had the I Giants. Do. Absolutely. <laughs> they were winning the Super Bowl, man. I, <laughs> I loved how they looked last season. I thought they were going to be. I put more stock in Daniel Jones than I think his mother did, and and I that's where I really got disappointed. DraftKings has him at seven this year. Seven wins. Where do you think I'm lying this year on the New York Giants? Well, I got to tell you, uh, right now to me, this might be the weakest division in the NFL. So keep that in mind as you listen to me here in this particular segment of our show. Uh, I'm not particularly confident in any of these four teams. And, uh, and you know what? History has proven that as well. How many years now have we seen it come down to the stretch in this division? And you say, <laughs> which team is just good enough to win it? Not which team is good, right? Let's be clear about the semantics here. None of the teams have been good in recent years. It's like, who's just good enough to win that division down the stretch? And a lot of times it comes down to the last week, which, you know, in past years would be game 16. This year it's going to be game 17. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again uh, between Washington and Dallas and maybe one other team. So now that we talk about New York, uh, again, I'm in an under. I'm in my third under here. The problem is this team is set up with their roster to win now, right? Their defense was a major surprise last year. Bradbury was one of the best defensive players in the league, hands down. Leonard Williams had the best season of his career, a guy that never really did much with my Jets. He was always just okay. So you got two guys that really blossomed on defense, and the whole unit was great. You have now Saquon in the backfield. You picked up Kenny Galladay. A, a top wide receiver who can't right. stay healthy, but when he is out there, he's one of the best. You have Evan Ingram at tight end. You drafted a Kadarius Tony at wide receiver. This team is set up to win now, and they don't have the quarterback to do that. And that is what I call a mismatch philosophy, right? Ooh. So this team, and it's Dave Gettleman. He's been made fun of a million times over the last two years. He's the GM of this team. This team has a mismatch, mismatch situation. You want to have a quarterback who's ready to win now with the players that are on this roster, and Daniel Jones is not that guy. That being said, because of the overall talent on the team, I can't pick them for three or four wins. It's not realistic. It's not logical. But I do, again, I do pick an under, and I'm getting a good price here at plus 110. So I have the Giants for six wins. I have Dallas for seven wins. I have Washington for eight wins. So three for three under in this particular division. Well, you didn't answer my question. I asked where where did you think I had them going this year, and I'll just go ahead and tell you. Sure. I have a little star by the seven. Uh, wins that DraftKings has them projected as because I only have them projected for four, which means I gave myself a three-game cushion. I think it's a good bet to go ahead and put the under on the New York Giants this year. I love everything you said about them, especially from last year. They they I'm not they did overachieve in areas and then they underachieved in the areas that I thought they would overachieve at, right? right. So it was right. it was backwards. If they could put it all together, and I thought last year they were really close in some of those games, but man, the whole season was you could surmise that whole season in Daniel Jones breaking away for a touchdown on like what a 90 yard and he <laughs> fell flat on his face at the, that, that is how I think the Giants get the season went in a nutshell, John, the next team, the last team in this division, 
is led by my guy, Jalen Hurts, from Alabama. How many quarterbacks from Alabama do we have in the NFL nowadays, John? Jalen Hurts is leading this team. They are projected from DraftKings at six and a half victories this season. We have seen them in the preseason. We've seen what they can do. How many victories do you think, I think, Philadelphia will have? Well, because you're a Jalen Hurts guy and you sound like you just got amped up, you just went up a decimal or two here. You're feeling pretty strong about the Eagles. I think you might have the Eagles for nine wins. That's that's where I'm at. How do you no. feel about that? No, I have them projected for two. Two and what? 15, John. I can't what? do it. I can't do it. I don't trust the wide receiving core. The whole front office is just in shambles. Every mm. Just every year. You know, we we had, who did we have on here last year uh, on, on the podcast? A Brad, somebody or another? Yeah, it was one one of Philadelphia's yeah, yeah, top yeah, yeah. beat reporters, and he he really was an expert in the field of Philadelphia, and he really gave us a good layout of what's been going on in that front office. Yes, and and I I I see that now. He he gave that to us, and I've just been watching it, and they are just in shambles. And the coaching staff, I, I don't even know the coaching staff is just just I don't I don't trust them at all. They have no wide receivers. Their defense has given up what. 50 points a game, I think, or something, some crazy number in the preseason. Uh, they, they're having quarterback controversies between Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. Come on, John. This isn't even a team anymore, man. This I don't even know what the Philadelphia Eagles are. I think it's safe to go under that six-and-a-half win total. I got to tell you, it's very strange that the juice is on the over by mm-hmm. such a substantial amount, <laughs> right? It's minus 140. Right again, just a reminder. I'm sure we have a lot of sophisticated betters yes. listening to the show, but minus 140 means you have to risk $140 to win a hundred, meaning the Eagles are a heavy favorite here to go over six and a half. Now you, Wes, you know how I am. The key in sports betting is do not get married to one strategy when you're picking any type of thing, right? So don't say this is the way I pick over unders and that's it. And uh, there's no adjustments to be made. That is my system, quote unquote. I got to tell you, there's no system. The Vegas has been winning. The sports books have been winning since the beginning of time. There's no system. You need to adjust from game to game and from line to line. With that being said, my focus more than the personnel in this situation is on that line. The fact that that line is minus 140 is very sketchy to me because we know there's disarray in the front office. We don't know about Jalen Hurts playing a full season as a quarterback, as a starter. We don't know about Jalen Rieger and what he can bring us after a disappointment last year as a rookie. Uh, we don't know about Devonta Smith, right, who's one of your guys. We, we don't mm-hmm. know exactly what he can do at this level. So there's a lot of question marks on this team. So what is it that DraftKings Sportsbooks knows at minus 140 that we don't know? So so based on that, I'm going to go with eight wins here and put the Eagles in that battle to win the division. I do think Philadelphia and Dallas are very even when you look at it, unless, of course, the outlier is if Dak Prescott plays 17 games. Right. If Dak Prescott plays 17 games, the Cowboys will win the division. But I am seriously worried about his situation. I'm going to stick to that. I don't think he can play 17. I think he's lucky to play 12. So if we consider those numbers, I do think Philly will be right in the mix. Um, I'm going to go with Philly at eight wins, Washington at eight wins, Dallas at seven, and the Giants at six, which means Philly and Washington are going to come down to the stretch, right down to the wire, and then we'll see who wins the division, possibly in the last week of the year. Uh, maybe an eight and nine team makes the playoffs from that division. Yep, that'll that'll be so. crazy. Hey, let's head over to the AFC West real quick here on the pick and pigskin winners on the Aaron Tor- on Aaron Torres Media. John, I, I, let's I'm gonna let you pick which team we start with in the AF- in the NFC West. Okay. Okay. Pick, right. pick whatever team you think will finish last in that division. 
Wow, that is a tough one, my friend. I, you know, I got, I'll, I'll have to go deep into the vault here and deep into my mind. I, I got to tell you something about that division in general. They find a way to create parity. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you look. It's almost like they're trying to one up each other. Uh, they, they bring in some interesting guys in the front office. All these teams, they all, they all do some things that are a little bit ahead of the game. So out west, I got to tell you, the team that I think is going to come in last is the Rams. Wow. Yeah, you picked yep. them to win the Super Bowl last year. That's right. See, that, and, and that's exactly in line with what I just said. Now, you're talking about two different animals when you're talking about divisions here, right? We just we just discussed the NFC East, <laughs> which is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And now you're talking about, like I said, a division that is very cutting edge in the way that they do things. And let me talk about copycatting. You want to talk about the division that follows each other, right? It all started with the Rams, with Sean McVay, with a lot of backfield motion, a lot of misdirection a lot of tricky play calling, trying to stay one step ahead. Then San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, they continued with the motion and all that stuff, but then they do it by jamming it down your throat with a running attack. A lot of misdirection off of that, which is very difficult to handle when they're at full strength. And guess what? Arizona and Seattle, watch Christian Kirk with Arizona. He's always in motion in the backfield, always distracting guys. Is it going to be a wide receiver screen? Seattle, Tyler Lockett, always in motion. So these four teams are always trying to one-up each other. Now back to the Rams. I picked the Rams to come in last place because everyone's too overhyped on Matt Stafford. Uh, at this point in his career, he's not the guy that he was three or four years ago when he was in his prime. Um, I'm sure he'll be rejuvenated by the fact that he got to leave Detroit and constantly being a disappointment over there. But like I said, there's a very competitive division. The hype is too high around Stafford. And I, ha- I like to play it from year to year. Last year, I felt the Rams were an undervalued team. I ended up being right about that, right? I picked them for the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. They're over hit. They made the playoffs. All the prop bets hit. So that was a win last year. This year, I got a reverse field. People are getting too excited. Now I'm going to go with the Rams in last place. How about you? I have the errors. Well, let me let me, let me me say this uh, before I said that, even though I already let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Uh, let me tell you the division winner prop bet for this, mm-hmm. for this division. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, plus 180. The Rams, plus 190. Seattle plus two seventy five, Arizona plus six fifty. I, I looked at that. And I said, "Well, you know, anybody has a fighting chance here because I have them all finishing right in the same little neighborhood as one another." John, I I just have them finishing one one right below each other. Nothing, a couple of games separating, maybe at the most, right? And I like what you said about the Rams and what they have going on. I, I love the addition of Sony Michelle. I think that he has something to prove if his knees will allow him to. I like Matthew Mm -hmm. Stafford a little bit better than you. That whole Detroit Lion team, I felt like quit last season. You talked about Kenny Galladay's injuries. I feel like he'll be rejuvenated going into New York for a little while anyway until Daniel Jones keeps chucking the ball at him. But then with Matthew Stafford, he's got that whole offense unleashed. I hope he can transition well into it. If he does... They have a very, very strong defense that'll be able to at least carry them in every game. And 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 I don't know, man. I think Matthew Stafford has something to do there in Los Angeles that is going to be very special this year. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we have to be clear. We're not talking about a team that's going to be out of the race, right? I, I, you have to be logical here. There's no way the Rams could be out yeah. of the race here unless there was an injury to Stafford, right? Even Even if I am down on him relative to other people, he's very popular this year in fantasy. He's still, from a technical standpoint, an upgrade over Jared Goff. And like you said, this is still one of the top five or six defenses in the league. It goes without saying Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the world. 
So, Monster. you know, they're, they're going to be in the mix. And also, you have added wins to give this division because the wins are not going to be there in the East, <laughs> right? So with, with that being said, yeah. I have the Rams in last, and I have Arizona neck and neck with them. Very possible they end up with the same record, those two teams, right? And, I, and I'll tell you, Seattle, the reason why they're the third favorite and they're not second is because that defense outside of Jamal Adams and a couple other veterans is very sketchy. We saw yeah. that last year. There were games where they gave up 35 points to teams that they should have given up 10 points to. So uh, San Francisco is the most complete team in this division. It's just a question of who's the quarterback for how long, how does that impact your chemistry? So I like this division as one of the most interesting divisions in the league. Uh, take us through what the win totals are, my friend, and we'll make our picks. Rams are at 10 and a half from DraftKings Sportsbook. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's right where I thought. I mean, I okay. think they're just a little bit too good to go eight and nine. Right. Mm -hmm. If I if I think the East is a bunch of eight, nine, seven and ten teams, the Rams are a little bit too solid as an organization. So th it's still an under. I'm sticking with my guns. I, You know, I'm never going to come off my guns here. So the Rams are an under at nine wins. So that's where I feel they're going to fall. How about you? I had them listed for 11 wins, 11 and six. And that's before I ever looked at a DraftKings thing. So I, I, I'm right there in the neighborhood. Once again, I, I don't I'm not going to be swayed one way or another. I think I keep my money in my pocket when it comes to this. Arizona is at eight and a half DraftKings wins. And that's why I like this whole divisional winner thing, because they're at plus 650. And I could see Arizona catching a little bit, little bit of fire. They got Kyler Murray back there. They don't have the Kenyon Drake um, drama anymore this season. They've added just a couple of pieces, I believe, on that offense that will really help them out. Uh, what do you think about their eight and a half win total, John? I have them listed at 11 wins, which puts them right in the top of that division for me. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to digest there. I do, like I said before, I do think they are the closest to the Rams in terms of where they land in the win column this year. So I do believe those two teams are going to tie for third place or last, mm -hmm. whichever way you want to phrase that in this division. So I have Arizona for nine wins. However, like you said, it's still a value play to win the division. If you're putting 100 down to win 650 on Arizona, uh, think of it this way. Is, is there a good possibility that they could do it? I would say based on those odds relative to that, there is a good possibility. I, I would not rule them out as a division winner here. Um, you know, they need guys other than Buda Baker on defense to yeah. step up and be consistent star players. They need one guy on each level at least, right? So Buda's a star at safety on the back end. They need linebackers and they need interior defensive linemen, which is a problem for this team. Stopping the run is a big issue in this division. You need to be able to stop Raheem Mostert and Kyle Shanahan's attack with San Francisco. You need to be able to stop Sean McVay's rushing schemes this year with Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. You need to be able to stop Chris Carson when he's healthy. He's a physical guy that will run you over if you don't push back. So that's my issue with Arizona is that the interior defensive line uh, sketches me out a little bit. Now, let me ask you about one guy. Do you feel like A.J. Green, the veteran with a change of scenery here, can he make an impact for Arizona? Well, I know why you asked that question, because you have that article that I think that you wrote over on Aaron Torres online. Uh, you, you, you wrote that. I read that. I'm trying to digest A.J. Green. I can't trust that veteran receiver who's had what feels like Oh, five years off. That hasn't done anything in five years. I know it's been less than that, but I just can't I just can't get in. I can't get on the AJ Green ship. I, I, I feel like it's going to sink. It's I mean, look, it's it's very possible because of his injuries. But what I like about the situation is think about the dynamics of being AJ Green in Cincinnati. Right. Talk about a legend. <laughs> yeah. AJ Green in Cincinnati with a, with a franchise that never really goes anywhere was an elite star player at the top of his game. 
right? So is it, it's different there. It's like the expectations are you, you're still AJ Green. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how many injuries you've had. Now you come to Arizona. It's like, wait a minute. We got DeAndre Hopkins, who was just voted one of the top 10 players in the world by the players, right? So the NFL top 100 came out on NFL Network. It runs across the bottom of the screen. So if you're on NFL Network or if you're online, you could check it out and see who they voted based on the players. So you talk about Hopkins, the top 10 player. Talking about, again, Christian Kirk, who is a guy that can do a lot of things, very versatile, very much like a Curtis Samuel, who's now with Washington, right? So you have those two guys ahead of him. Um, that's why there's no pressure. There's no pressure on Agent Green here. My guy, you know who my guy is in the backfield. I loved him last year, and that was a big cash-in. I got uh, thank you all, all the people that reached out to me and said, thank you for picking Chase Edmonds as a sleeper last year in fantasy that I paid off. So I thank you guys for remembering that. So, you know, you got those guys getting touches. AJ Green is an afterthought, right? So what I think you can get, I don't think you can get a thousand yards, but you know what? I bet you could get eight touchdowns from AJ Green. And that's what you want. You want him to be the big target in the red zone with the sure hands who's been around the block, who's going to help Kyler when DeAndre Hopkins is getting double teamed. So that's what I see for AJ is not, not a ton of yards, but maybe eight or nine touchdowns, which would be a huge get for Arizona in a tight division battle. Yeah, you may be right there. I, I, I just know that DeAndre Hopkins has got a little bit of Odell Beckham Jr. in him, where it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, you got to throw me the ball, man. You got to throw me the ball. And mm-hmm. I think he'll be, I think he'll extend the welcoming hand to AJ Green, of course, because DeAndre is, does seem like one of those kind of guys. But when it gets goal line time, I think DeAndre likes the ball to come to him. And they, of course, you got to keep DeAndre Hopkins happy. Uh, that, that's my take. Uh, eight and a half wins. You're, you're going a little bit over that. Yep, going a little bit over. So I went a little bit under on the Rams, a little bit over on Arizona. Uh, you know, I've talked about this in the past in our show last year. Thank you to all listeners who are coming back for yes, a sir. second season here. You you want to mix it up, right? You, you don't want to be like, oh, all overs are all unders in one division. So in this sense here, I, I have a little bit of an under there for the Rams and a little bit of an over for Arizona. Both teams are going to have nine wins, uh, and that puts them at the bottom of the division. But I got to tell you, again, San Francisco as an all-around team is the class of the division. Seattle is closer to being in a separation with the Rams and Arizona. So to me, it is the line is correct. A lot of people would be surprised by that, that the 49ers are, by the way, the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. I think a lot of people after last year got sour on them because of their injuries. But we're back to where we started. If they're healthy, they are an elite all-around team on both sides of the ball, plus special teams making some plays there as well. So it's more like Seattle would be closer to the Rams and Arizona than they would be to San Francisco if all four teams stay relatively healthy. Well, since you're on a San Francisco love fest, let's just go to them next. They're at 10 and a half wins here from DraftKings Sportsbook. I have them projected for 13, John. I still don't have any stars by any of these win totals in this division because none of them go over my three cushion that I like to have. But these guys in San Francisco, they they just... I don't even, I don't know how they do it with running backs because they end up picking running backs up off the street, right? And now yep. they're going to bring in Trey Lance as well to be an all-star quarterback at some point running in and out of the huddles with Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo lined up at running back at some point, I think, this year, at wide receiver <laughs> sometime this year. I don't know what they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, but 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 I mean, this team is ready to ex- explode on offense. Unfortunately, I think the defense takes a little bit of a step back. I thought age caught up to them or something caught up to them a little bit last year. Maybe it was the locker room because they knew they were going to lose their coach. But but whatever it was, I felt like that took a little bit of hit. But I don't know how you're going to stop this offensive machine that they have in San Francisco. Right. So are basically, are you saying that defensively, 
Uh, Robert Saleh is the reason why they're going to drop off. Because if you're saying that, it's looking good for my Jets, baby. <laughs> I did say that, but that was last year. Robert, he's got his hands full in New York. We're going to get to that on our AFC podcast here coming up shortly uh, next week or next time that we record. But I, he's going to have his hands full as a head coach. But I thought he did a great job in San Francisco as a defensive coach, and they're going to miss that kind of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's just one of those guys that he comes with the energy. Everybody, they rally to him, right? People, they flock to him. They see his leadership, the positivity. So that's a loss for San Francisco. But the good news for them is they have the personnel to sustain that and, and get past that. So I ha- I'm not as quite as high, but almost there. I have San Francisco at 12 wins. Um, look, the way to look at it is there's one of two ways, which is there's no way they could possibly have as many injuries to superstar okay. top tier one players as they had last year, All unless right. they're really that unlucky, right? I got to tell you, there are certain teams that they reached a pinnacle. So the pinnacle for San Francisco would have been uh, in the third quarter of the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, where they were looking like definitely the best team in the world. So that was the pinnacle for this particular group. Then last year was the low point. Everybody gets injured and, and they fall off a cliff and they have so many quarterback changes, they can't, can't sustain it. Um, and now it's like, do you bounce back from that because you have the players on both sides of the ball to do that? Or was that your high point? Like, I'll give an example, like the Atlanta Falcons, right? Mm. The Atlanta Falcons up four scores against the New England Patriots. The next year they made the playoffs and lost in the first round. And after that, they'd never been back since, right? So which one is it? I think you have to make a ruling here. My ruling is you look at the Super Bowl odds, the 49ers are up there. You look at the division winner, the 49ers are up there. You look at the over-under, it's 10 and a half. Uh, that's a pretty high number. They're right there again. I'm going to go 12 wins for San Francisco. So 12 and five, I believe in the rushing attack. I believe in Kyle Shanahan in the regular season. I haven't seen him prove it to me in the playoffs yet that he could get the job done when it gets down to the end. Um, But for the regular season, I think he's one of the top five coaches in the league. So I'm going over for San Francisco. And, you know, if you have fantasy drafts or anything like that coming up, to me, whenever I'm in any kind of fantasy room and I'm picking teams and everything, San Francisco, outside of George Kittle, just tremendous value in everybody on the offensive side of the ball. I want a piece of that action somehow, some way. Raheem Mostart, it feels like I get him for free in every draft room. Yeah, well, that's especially this year. It's a good point that you make, uh, right? Because they do have a rookie that they brought in this year, Trey Sermon, yep. who people are talking about. And it's it's one of those things. When you draft a running back early and you are known for this family Shanahan rushing scheme that has worked all the way back from Terrell Davis, Mike <laughs> Anderson, and Orlandis Gary oh, with boy. the Denver Broncos, right? Oh, that's, that's name dropping nice. for you. Yes, sir. Right? So it's worked that long. Uh, you know, this is a it's like a, a legendary scheme. So if you put a good young running back in there, they're going to get some hype and fantasy. So like you said, you're getting Mostert for almost nothing because people are interested in Trey Sermon, the rookie. So I agree with you on that. And I'll tell you another guy that I got for almost nothing. I was in an auction draft last week. I got Debo Samuel for $7. I mean, for $7 in an auction, that's a guy you could drop in two weeks if it doesn't work out. But if it does work out, talk about two years ago, he was one of the top three or four players on this team. And this team went to the Super Bowl and almost won it all. So, so you're right. The value is there in the fantasy players. I don't think you're talking about tier one elite fantasy guys, but I think you're talking about maybe guys that you get in the 11th round that could give you eighth round value or guys you get in the seventh round that can give you fourth round value. So I agree with you, my friend. 
All right, Seattle's the last one here. We got to we got to move forward, John. We're, we got to move forward. Seattle has got a new offensive scheme there. Everybody believes that DK Metcalf is just going to excel. His route running tree is going to expand. He's going he's going to be just catching footballs falling down from the tree line at any point during the season. John, do you think that the ten DraftKings win total is right on the money? Like I do. That's where I have them sitting. Is at ten, or do you think they can go up or below that? Hey, partner, we've been working together for too long, my friend. I have them already written down for 10 wins without even looking at the line. <laughs> so because I had the two, obviously, like I said, I yeah. had Arizona and the Rams with nine wins apiece, and I had Seattle just slightly better. So I already wrote down 10 wins for them. So I guess, you know, we've been around the block, man. We we know our stuff. We're locked in. We're, we're lockstep. So, yes, I like Seattle for 10 wins, which would be our first push selection of the show. Uh, you're going to have overs. You're going to have unders. You're going to have pushes. Um, I think ultimately if this team – was able to sustain a stopping of the run, which they can't do. And if they could cover better on the outside at the corner position, forget about safety. We've heard about Jamal Adams up and down in his big contract. We don't need to hear about it anymore. If they could get better coverage and they could get better run stopping, they could easily win 12 games. But I don't see it. It's This is not the Legion of Boom anymore on defense. Yep. This is a totally different animal. So I'm going to take the push, right? That lays out the division for you. I got the 49ers at 12 wins at first. Seattle with 10, and then 9-9 nine and nine for the Cardinals and the Rams. You are listening to the Pickin' Pigskin winners here on Aaron Torres Media, better known as the ATM. That's what I like to call it, the ATM, because we're always trying to cash out money here on the Pickin' Pigskin winners. I, I am with John Frisella at Legend Sports 7 on Twitter. He is a published sports author, the senior football analyst over at AaronTorresOnline.com. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Lofinit, Wes Easley over on Twitter. We got uh, Aaron is building an empire. I know I said that earlier, John, but whenever I think about these names, Austin Montgomery, J.B. Barry, yourself, and of course Aaron picking those college football games on Saturday. It, that that that's just so much information over at AaronTorresOnline.com. Make sure you make that a part of your daily routine to go over there because new articles are dropping every single day, John. Yes, absolutely, and it, it's funny on the college side, we actually broke a huge story, right? If you saw that story on ESPN about the fake high school team <laughs> that was marketed. Uh, did you see this? Yes, the fake yes. high school team that was marketed as an elite program that somehow ended up on an ESPN major telecast. Uh, we were one of the first ones to have that story. It's already got over 11,000 hits. The article had just been posted. So yeah, there's a, not only do we have the NFL content, you know, Aaron, like we said, he's very locked in to the college football world. He has a lot of inside contacts so you're going to get stuff from us at our website that you're not going to get in other places. Not only are you going to get that information, you're going to get it faster than you can yeah. get in other places. So make sure you're at Aaron Torres online. Uh, also, you follow Aaron Torres podcast on Twitter, Aaron Torres himself and the rest of our gang, and uh, let's move on to the next division, my friend. Let's go down here. Let's go down to the New Orleans Saints division, where Jameis Winston has now been named quarterback, which maybe I need to reevaluate my win-loss total, because I had them winning six games this year, okay? Because Ooh. I don't like... Well, I know. I don't like quarterback controversy, period. I don't like it. It scares me away from any kind of win total that's out there. And and DraftKings has them penciled in at nine wins. At least this was uh, when I wrote this down, which I, th I don't think that changed. But it's at nine wins. I had them at six. I don't like that schedule. But I, I also was thinking quarterback controversy. And Jameis has looked pretty good. He has actually has impressed me in this preseason a little bit. Uh, I didn't think that, that – uh, I, I just didn't think Sean Payton was going to be able to change his system 
to a huck it and chuck it kind of system, which mm-hmm. Jameis Winston excels at. I, I, I thought he, I, you know, I, I just thought Sean Payton's feet were kind of stuck in the ground and Jameis was going to have to adjust to him. But I think maybe Sean Payton's adjusted to him, uh, to Jameis instead. I, I'm going to have to raise my win total. And I no longer look at this as being a good pick for me. Yeah, I, I got to tell you something. I buy the program, right, when I do a season bet. I don't buy individual yes, players. You do. Yeah. I don't I don't watch the ball. I don't care about who the all the wide receivers are for my pick. I care about them for fantasy. I don't care about them for my pick for the over under. So I buy the Saints as one of the best programs, right? From top to bottom. Front office, coaching staff, technicalities of the players and the mm-hmm. way that they are coached and the way that they are developed. So mm-hmm. that being said, I have the Saints for ten wins. I'm buying it to Sean Payton. And let me tell you why you can go with me on this. I gave away – I also do baseball. You know, I'm a published sports author. I wrote a book about Theo Epstein. I know the ins and outs. I gave away two picks this year in MLB. That was the Rays over and the A's over because I buy their front office and the way that they do things. Both of those teams are crushing their overs, right? So I'm going to take this in. I don't think they can crush it because I know Winston is going to have games that he throws away. You you cannot change people. You can coach <laughs> them better, but you can't change them. If, if he could play tight. If he could play like tight in terms of not turning the ball over and just like, you know, quality play and just try to keep everything close to the vest and run the ball and not not turn it over late. If they could play a little bit more like, you know, line of scrimmage type of game, I think they could win 12, but you can't stop Winston from being Winston. So they're going to get the 10 based on Sean Payton and the front office. That's what I'm going with here. I can't go any higher than 10 wins for the Saints. I think Sean Payton loses more hair this season than he ever has before. Watching mm-hmm. Jameis Winston out there to, and celebrating with dances in the locker room. I can't, I can't get behind Jameis Winston. I still like the under a little bit with that nine wins, I, I, but I don't have a star bite anymore. I don't feel as secure. Carolina Panthers. John, this was a team on the up and coming last season. They are at seven and a half wins by DraftKings. I got them at seven wins, so not a lot of disparity there. What do you feel about these Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey coming back, with your guy Sam Darnold sitting back there uh, <laughs> behind the court? <laughs> he, he, he's not seeing uh, ghosts of Teddy Bridgewater or anything. This is his team. What do you think about Carolina? Well, there's no question they're one of the most interesting teams in the league, right? Because this is one of those spots. It's really tough as an organization in the NFL to get yourself a real franchise starting quarterback in a prime age where you can lock them up. And up to this point, Sam Darnold is not one of those guys. The question for them is, did they look at the tape, which we're assuming right at this point, and say, with our coaching staff, with Joe Brady, who's considered one of the best offensive coordinators in the game, he's going to be a head coach within the next two or three years, without a doubt. Uh, did Joe Brady and the gang look at the film and say, you know what? It wasn't Sam Darnold. It was 80% Adam Gase that was holding it back. Uh, and it was only 20% Darnold's mistakes. Now I'm sure that that's their, that's their thinking. And that's the way that they look at it, but that's not the way I look at it. Right. It's, it's a worse scenario than Winston here. Winston, I think has shown development now, and he's a little bit older and wiser than Darnold. Maybe Darnold to get, will get to a point where he's a little bit sharper in, in three or four years down the line. But I still know that this team, based on what we saw from them last year, they are very willing to play tight games, close games, and they will keep you close and keep you sweating. If you're a team that's better than Carolina, right. you're going to start to question that maybe you're not better than them when you're playing against them. So that being said, that means you got to deliver in the fourth quarter. And Sam Darnold can deliver in quarter two and quarter three. That's when he's good. He, quarter one, he's bad. You get off to a slow start. You won't score any points in the first quarter. 
and quarter four, he's going to throw at least two picks or he's going to make boneheaded plays. So, so, you know, we could, we could talk about, there's certain teams where you want to talk about defense and the program like San Francisco, New Orleans, the front office. We could talk about that. Carolina, you got to look at the quarterback and say, can this team win eight games with Sam Darnold? And the answer is no. Carolina is going to win six games. As a matter of fact, I took it myself. So that, so of all the plays, this is the only one I actually put in myself. I have Carolina to win six games. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just hear, I'm hearing you say, Sam Darnold, I can't. You're making me laugh, man. I, I don't know how. Okay, I, I, can, I, can I put a sleeper out there for a fantasy perspective? Dan Arnold. I've, I've just heard really good things about Dan Arnold being in Carolina. I've seen a lot of uh, clippings from the newspaper uh, that, that the head coach there. I can't, uh, you're just still making me laugh with the Sam Darnold thing. But uh, I, 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 Dan Arnold, I think, is going to be a sleeper, good tight end. Maybe stash him on your bench. Don't put all your stock into him from a fantasy perspective. But just look for big things from Dan Arnold this season. Yeah, uh, I, agree, I, I agree with you, Wes, because I, I did get to see him a bunch of times with Arizona last year. Mm-hmm. I caught a lot of Kyler Murray's games. Uh, and when you give him opportunities, he can make athletic plays, and he's got long arms. He's a long guy. He's a good target for you if you're in traffic. So I agree. That's a good, good call. Atlanta Falcons. Oh, boy. This is you know the team I get to see every each and every Sunday down here in the South. They are scheduled for seven and a half wins. Seven and a half wins from DraftKings is their projection. Uh, I love Kyle Pitts. He seems to be open on every single play. He's going to be a ter- uh, just a terrible matchup for any defensive backfield whatsoever. They, don't, they won't know who to put on him at all. I only have him. I do have them with eight wins, eight wins, uh, because once again, Matt Ryan is back there at quarterback. I don't like that defense at all. I think they could stumble into eight wins, though, with that high-powered offense I think that they're going to have in Atlanta. Yeah, well, first of all, we should tell people what the line is. The line is seven and a half, right? So so that's very interesting because you would think of Atlanta off the top of your head as one of the teams that are in rebuilding mode, right? With the exception of Matt Ryan, right? They've gotten rid of Julio Jones. He's in Tennessee right? They've drafted Kyle Pitts. They're looking to get younger. They're looking to get faster. So this is not usually a year where you would lay a team like that who's known for giving up a ton of points and a ton of yards defensively at seven and a half wins. So this is the second one of the ones that we've looked at so far, the other being Philadelphia, where to me, the line is very fishy, right? So Hmm. my football instincts tell me the the Falcons are going to win six games, but I, you have to sometimes go against that folks, right? Guys and gals, you can't just go, oh, this makes logical sense. Therefore, this is the bet. That's not how you win. If it was that easy, everybody would win and the books would go out of business, right? So they're, they're in business because it's tricky and you got to read between the lines. So if I, I had laid this bet myself at an over under of six and a half, so it's a full game difference, which to me is significant when you're laying a season over underline. So because of the fishy line and because I think I know where they're at, which is that Matt Ryan, just by the nature of who he is, is keeping you in every game. Therefore, He's keeping you in the season. Therefore, he's making you competitive around a 500 team automatically just by being Matt Ryan, by not being terrible, by being smart, by not turning the ball over. So with that being said, I'm going to take Atlanta for nine wins. I'm going to go a game and a half over because the line is so fishy that I don't have any other choice, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I I can see that. I got to ask you while I have you, uh, Mike Davis. He's one of those guys that's in that Raheem Mostert area whenever I'm doing drafts and maybe the draft room changes uh, from person to person and from team to team and league to league. But Mike Davis, uh, he did really well in Carolina last year when given the opportunity. Kind of faded towards the end of the year, but we've seen the pictures of his quads, man. We, we know he's in shape. We know he's ready to run. And he's on turf a lot of times there in Atlanta. 
he he can receive the ball. He can run the ball. I think he's going to be a little bit better than Todd Gurley for sure last season, who we really saw run out of steam. What do you think about Mike Davis this year? Yeah, absolutely, my friend. It's uh, you know once again, you must be a mind reader uh, on Aaron Torres online. I'm going to have a breakout player article for fantasy Ooh. purposes about Mike Davis. The first one in my breakout player trio was Anthony Ferkser, the tight end from Tennessee. So we'll get into him in our next show. But at running back, my pick was Mike Davis. I agree with you 100%. Let's backtrack and try to you know keep things on the same line, which is I talked about pitch count for running backs. Mike Davis is a guy here who's been around, but he's never the primary guy. Last year, he backed into a lot of work because Christian McCaffrey got hurt. In previous years, he was not only the backup running back, he was really the number three on his previous teams. So now you have him last year where he really developed. He got smarter. He added the receiving aspect to his game. He had been known for the previous three years as a red zone running back. Now he's got a more developed, a more wide open game. And Atlanta's getting him at number one at the right price Mm -hmm. with Todd Gurley out of the way with your, your favorite buddy, Ito Smith out of the way. (laughs) He's the guy. Mike Davis is the guy and his pitch count is low. And I like that at the running back position. So without a doubt, Mike Davis is going to be a strong fantasy play because you're not risking that much. He's in the 20 ranges for for running backs. So I I absolutely am on the Mike Davis train. I'm with you. On a big offense, he's going to see a ball a lot. He's the number one back. I I, I really like him. I, I I don't mind reaching up for a Mike Davis. You know, especially if I go with a zero RB philosophy in some mm-hmm. draft rooms, or you know, just the the bolstered RB where I get one big one and then I just wait around for a little while. Uh, so I I do like Mike Davis. Last one, the Super Bowl champions uh, of this division anyway. The Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. JB Berry's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John DraftKings has them. At 12 wins, 12 wins. I have a star right there by it. So you know that I am off one way or another. Three victories from DraftKings Sportsbook's total number of wins. Which side am I on? Uh, you're going to go under. You, you think they're going to come around. Uh, things are going to even out. They won too many close games last year. Minus 200 for a division winner with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Plus 275 to win the conference, plus 600 to have the most regular season wins, John. I have them winning 15 games. 15 wow, and great. two it is it is and and look i i understand that that's really hard to do in today's nfl an injury here an injury there but man john that team is loaded at every single position offensively and dare i say they have got one of the better defenses in the league if they don't have a super bowl hangover this year yes absolutely well let me tell you what my issue with that high of a pick is it's because tom brady's 44 years old it's, I believe he's invincible, right? Uh-huh. I believe he's the second greatest athlete of all time behind Michael Jordan. I believe he's the greatest football player of all time. I recently posted that he might still be the best player in the NFL, which is wow. a little bit odd at 44 years old, right? I'll talk very quickly about that. Cause I know we got to wrap up and we have another show to do, uh, on in the future here and bring you guys some more content. But I will tell you that you need to consider as a player, not only the statistics on the page, but the entire aspect of what that player brings to his teammates. So think about what he did here. He took a seven and nine team to the Super Bowl in one year with a very similar roster. And that's because he's a coach on the field. He's a coach off the field. He's a role model on the field. He's a role model off the field. He can do it with his physical ability. He could do it mentally. He can coach the team. If you go back and listen to the interviews from post Super Bowl, 
Bruce Arians said, I just took my hands off the wheel and said, Tom, you do whatever you want. He, Tom knows more than me. That's basically what he said. So if you consider the physical aspect is still there at age 44, and he's the smartest and the best edge player in terms of mental edge in the entire league, you could still argue Tom Brady is the best player in the league. Now, that was a tangent. As far as the over-unders go, my issue is this team coming off a Super Bowl only needs to make the playoffs to make their run. They do not need to win the division, right? And I think they have that in their mind. So if you need to keep Tom Brady fresh, let's say he gets a finger injury or he takes a low hit, somebody rolls over his leg. After winning the Super Bowl last year, I highly doubt they will risk any games from him unless he forces them to play if he has minor injuries. So now, and the reason I'm talking about this is we're talking about a season over under. So you have to consider 17 games. So uh, it's tough for me to go as high as 16 or 15 wins, like you were saying. Um, the, the over under at 12 is a low number still. They are the best team in the league. So I'm baking in that he might miss, I think, the, this year three games. But I'm going to give him 13 wins. Um, and, you know, you're absolutely right. They might have the best defense in the league. It's, sure. it's very possible that they have the best defense in the league. So uh, it, it, there's no question they're going to go over. On to the best division in football, John, with the Chicago Bears in it, okay? <laughs> uh, hey, the, the the number one seed in this division, I think the perennial favorites is always going to be the Green Bay Packers. DraftKings has them at 10 victories this year. I have them at 10 victories as well. Uh, the, I, finish, I have them finishing 10 and 7. Nothing's really changed with that team too much. I think they're just going to stay kind of where they are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's just one of those situations that you're not exactly sure how it's going to play out when they run into adversity. You know, what I, you know what I mean. Well, tell me where you're at on them, and I and I'll tell you what I believe based on your comments on this one. Okay, well, I I agree with you. Uh, it seems like Aaron Rodgers has either rocked the boat on purpose or he's had mm-hmm. the boat rocked on him on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know which one. And I could see them fighting back a little bit. And you know, they got the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, last dance thing going on. So how far down the line is it going to be if they have a bad taste in their mouth before they say, you know what, let's destroy this rocker room before we leave? Because it kind of right. seemed like that's what they were doing to start with, right? But right. I... I I, but I, I I also know that Aaron Rodgers does not like to lose, and he can beat every team in this division in his sleep, John, in his sleep. But they have got a really hard schedule. That's why I only had him for 10 victories. Yeah, well, I li- that's why I asked the question is because there's so much controversy surrounding this team, Rodgers, Jordan Love, LaFleur, mm. Adams, the whole gang, that you, know, it, you just don't know what's going to happen in the ebb and flow of the year. However, I wanted to let you go first. Because I have to tell you, I was recently at a, a very nice barbecue, uh, and a bunch of the guys were asking me, they know I cover fantasy football and all that stuff, asking me for my picks. They asked me for a Super Bowl pick. I said, look, I'm not going to give you the Chiefs and the Bucks. Any Joe Schmo can give you that. And right. I gave them the Green Bay Packers over the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. So having, having said that, I think a lot of it has to do with how spiteful Aaron Rodgers is in a good way. The same way that Tom Brady, when he wants to stick it to a team, like there were years when Tom Brady wanted to stick it to Peyton Manning because it was like, who's the better quarterback? And Brady wanted to prove it, and he would stick it to him. Now Rodgers is saying, you know what? I'm going to show the Packers what they're giving up by by riling me up and getting me upset about the situation. I'm going to win the Super Bowl, and then I'm going to take off. So I I think based on the way Rodgers is when he's in these type of situations, he can elevate himself and elevate his team. So I'm going to go 13 wins for Green Bay. I think Green Bay and Tampa Bay are the two best teams in the NFC. 
Wow, that's a good one. Hey, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings, they are scheduled. I say, I keep saying scheduled. I don't, I don't, I must be on work, must be on my mind, but they are protected <laughs> from DraftKings Sportsbook for nine victories this year. I have them listed at 10. They are plus 250 to win the division, and I have them tied for the best record in this division, John. That's my favorite. That's my favorite place to put jelly beans on right here is the Minnesota went uh, to win the division in this in this division. Right. I mean, I, I can't pick them to win the division, but I do agree that there's a clear separation between Minnesota, Detroit, and Chicago, right? So I think it's clearly Tier 1 Packers, clearly Tier 2 Minnesota, and then there's the drop off to Chicago and Detroit. So when you look at it that way, that should be an over for Minnesota. Uh, I want to talk about the juice, right? The juice is really important here. Right. The juice is which way the line is going. The Packers, by the way, over 10 was minus 165. So to me, that's why 13, 13 wins is no problem. They're, they're going to hit that over because the wow. juice is minus 165. Good and observation. The juice, yeah, that's a bit, that's a, that's a really high number. And then the juice on Minnesota is minus 140, which is also extremely high. So I think between, the juice there and the fact that you and I both agree that they're a class above Chicago and Detroit, I have to take the over. But for some reason, they never get to those double digits. They don't get mm -hmm. to 10. I want to <laughs> pick them for 10, but they don't get there. So I got to pick them for nine. I got Green Bay for 13 and Minnesota for nine. I think I think that for some reason is called Kirk Cousins. I think that that's what that's called. Okay. <laughs> well, you remember? Do you remember what I posted this offseason? Kirk Cousins. This is off the top of my head, so I apologize if I'm wrong. Kirk Cousins is sixth in the history of the NFL in quarterback rating. How do you feel about that? <laughs> That'll lead you to 500 each and every year, John. That's, what, <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Uh, you can follow John Frisella over at Sports7 on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter as well, at Loafinit. John, we, we got to go to my team. Let's just go mm -hmm. to my team first, okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. The Chicago Bears. You know how I feel about Nagy. You know how I feel about Pace in the front office. You know, you know my dislike for him. This year they traded up for Justin Fields, and there's so many rookie quarterbacks starting in the league. And, and you know what he's doing? What's he doing? Uh, you know, Nagy made a promise to Andy Dalton. You know, <laughs> that's that's what he's doing. So so Fields is going to be on the sideline, standing there with Nagy with the little "Be Me" thing on his on his playbook. Call uh, John. This team drives me crazy. DraftKings has them at seven and a half victories. I said, fine, seven and a half victories, whatever you want to do. I have them scheduled for six and 11. Uh, that's what I think that they're going to end up being. And, and, and I, I, I can't go up or down from there. I don't I hate quarterback controversy. And I think that that's what's going to end up just eating this team alive. Well, let, let me remind our listeners, right? Because if you followed us last year and you listen, thanks again. We welcome all of our new listeners. Remember, yeah, we have a ton of experience looking at these lines, all oh, yeah. these, all these teams, but. As far as expertise, Wes is a diehard Bears fan. He knows it up and down, right? Also Alabama, right? And myself, it's the New York Jets and UConn. That's where I went to school. So for your specialists, if you're talking about something that's very specific, this is where, you know, Wes is your guy. So if Wes is saying under, I'm going to go with him. He's an expert in this field. Also, let me ask you this. How many games does Andy Dalton get before Fields comes in? What's your opinion? Half. Half. Oh, oh, just wow. one. No, I one half, just like the first half of the Rams game, because he'll be he'll be sitting up, looking up at the sky at some point when Aaron Donald busts through that line, knocks him on his backside, and he's got a concussion, and all of a sudden Justin Fields had to come in there against that Ram defense. It's not going to end well. It's just not going to end well. Nick Foles for MVP, John. Nick Foles. Well, well, what I was going to say, by the way, to remind you is earlier you said a couple of times now you said you don't like quarterback controversies. 
let me remind you, and you'll probably laugh at this. The Bears made the playoffs last year with Nick Foles and Trubisky changing quarterbacks every week. So I don't even know where you get your own team made the playoffs with a quarterback controversy, and somehow you don't believe in them. So that doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, you you talked about being mixed up at some point, uh, how you got to mix things up whenever you're looking at these lines. I'm mixed up, John, sometimes whenever I'm looking at everything. So it doesn't matter. But I just that's, that's my vibe that I get. And when reading the articles out of Chicago and all that, look, the media can't stand that. It's going to be that whole drama thing all over again. I, I, I'm not ready for the roller coaster ride, John. Where do, where do you think where do you sit on that seven and a half win total? Yeah, I think six is the right number. I, okay. That's exactly without again. There's certain ones where I looked at the line, I studied the percentages, I looked at the minus and the plus and the juice. In this situation, this is one where I had the number written down beforehand. I'm like, this is a six-win team because you're going to have turnover at quarterback, right? You have David Montgomery who was so hot down the stretch last year, was scalding hot. I think he's going to come back down to earth. You have Allen Robinson who is in a weird situation. It's like. Does he play above his head because he wants to get paid on a big contract? Or does he play kind of half lazy because he's upset with the whole situation with Chicago? So you got some weird guys on offense. Obviously, we've had inconsistency in the defense. This is not the defense from five years ago that was clearly a top five defense. Uh, This is one that at best is in the middle of the pack. So when you add all that together, it just feels like a six-win team. I, I I can agree with you on that. All right. The, the, we're going to save the best for last. We saved the mm-hmm. best for last. You know, we got the Detroit Lions right here. This is the, the best team in all of football, the Detroit Lions. Hey, they got Jared Goff. They got a new head coach. The, the DraftKings Sportsbook has them penciled in for four and a half victories, John. Mm-hmm. Four and a half victories. Where are you before I tell you where I am? Well, I got to tell you, here's another one where we got to look at the juice. This This bet is telling you which way to go. It's okay. four and a half. Right. So now play it logically. Everybody thinks Detroit is either the worst or the second worst team in the league. Right. right? Houston and Detroit. That's what everybody's talking about. So if you think that, what would you say in a 17 game season? You'd figure their over under is probably going to be three and a half, three or three and a half if they're one of the worst teams in the league. Right. So it's over under four and a half, which is an interesting number. And it's minus 140, which is basically telling you just like Chicago, which is why I've been putting them together the whole time from the beginning of the show. This is also a six win team. Chicago and Detroit will both win six games. Uh, Dan Campbell, interesting character, right, with Detroit. This is a guy that, if I recall correctly, got in a fist fight with another coach with the Giants <laughs> last year. He's so passionate. He's so fiery. He's so fired up and wired. Uh, he's a guy that's either going to push the buttons the right way and guys are going to rally for him, or he'll be fired after a year because he drives everybody crazy. So let's say because it's minus 140, and in reality, they're not expected to win much. I think Campbell ends up doing a good job here this particular season. They get six wins, and then he sells his organization on the fact that we're going to jump up two to three wins every year. So he's going to tell them, yeah, we won six this year. Next year, we're going to get eight or nine. The year after, we're going to go to 12 wins. So uh, I'll take the over based on the line, and I think Campbell's going to shake things up. I don't think Dan Campbell is going to put on the defensive pads and run out there for the defensive side of the ball for the Detroit Lions and play middle linebacker. I, I, you know, I, I, I just don't think he's going to do it. And okay. that defense is just terrible, John, just terrible. Mm-hmm. And Jared Goff under pressure it is something special to see. If you have not seen Jared Goff under pressure, you <laughs> you, you you haven't seen just one of those circuses, uh, melees, kind of a thing. I, I have them scheduled. I have them put in here for one victory, John. One victory. 
I, I have them beating the two and fifteen Philadelphia Eagles once. I, you know, and so I'm giving them a victory. If I could pick a team to go winless, it would be the Detroit Lions. Now, granted, I might have a little bias there because I still remember Barry Sanders running all over my Bears at some point in his career. But I, I don't see how they're going to win a game at all. I, I just I can't hardly say fewest wins in the league is my favorite bet for the Detroit Lions besides the win loss total fewest wins plus three fifty plus three fifty yeah. that's great odds man that's not bad but there's no way Houston is not the worst team right Houston's got to be the worst team oh, I, that I, was a double that was a double negative what I just said no way they won't <laughs> be but uh, yes Houston is the worst team in the league but sure those are those are decent odds. Then again, they're really not because your plus three fifty is not that high, and you're dealing yeah. with thirty two teams. Any way you slice it, you can only eliminate maybe ten teams from being the worst team, right? There's a, there's a chance that about twenty teams could have the worst record. There there's only an elite class of teams, and then a big drop off. So yeah, I mean, it's, you could go both ways on that. Yeah, well, that's the way I went. That's the way mm-hmm. I went. Hey, on um, pick and pick skin winners. Next time we're going to look at the AFC win loss totals and have a little fun doing so, John. I think that we 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 have a little vested interest in the AFC. You do. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've been told that I'm a diehard Jets fan. I, we'll have to look into that next show and see how <laughs> fired up I get about Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that. Thank you so much for listening to us here on the Pick and Pick Skin where winners on Aaron Torres Media, better known as ATM. That's why I like to call it. Make sure you make it a daily routine to head over to AaronTorresOnline.com to find all those latest articles, to find all the podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You hit those like buttons, leave a review, tell John how wrong he is about some of these picks and how right I was. He would love that. It doesn't matter what kind of review you leave for us. Just leave a review and we would really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to encourage you to always be kind to each other. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.